We're on now. Blog Talk Radio. Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. All right, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio. We have turned the calendar to calendar to December, and a lot of big news going on. I'm your host, Robbie D, my co-host, Big Mike, Vinny the Shark here with me as well, Goon. Also here giving us the great look on Facebook Live. Thank you for that awesome picture you gave for us, Goon. Uh, so much to talk about today, and we'd like to talk about it with you guys as well. So give us a call, 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. You can also hit us up on our Twitter. We will hit back on uh, Twitter. Any of the questions, we will get to them on the air as well. We are also on Facebook Live, as always, on the Saturday morning show. So any comments, we will get to those as well and react to them. Um, a lot of stuff going on. If you're a New York sports fan, especially if you're a Yankees and Giants fan, as one of us here is, that would be Vinny. Uh, usually we'd be opening up the show talking about Aaron Boone, the 35th manager in Yankee history, but we're going to have to get to that in a few minutes because the big news this week came in the middle of the week, which was very weird timing when Ben McAdoo said, no more Eli Manning as the New York Giants start. A 210-game streak is over. I'll be doing it for the rookie, uh, Davis Webb. Oh, wait. But no, we're doing it for Geno Smith to get a look at Geno Smith. And, uh, Vinny, I know you wanted first crack at this one. Um, I don't even know if I'll have anything to add when you're done because you'll probably speak for me and probably Big Mike. But it's an open mic for you. But just so that you fans out there know, in just a couple minutes, we'll have Joe Ganascoli, soprano star, joining us. Big Giants fan, big Yankee fan. He's going to talk about the move as well. So, Vinny, the floor is yours until Joe cuts you off. All right, man. Uh, Tuesday was literally the saddest day of my life as a New York Giant fan. It was, it brings me no joy in seeing Eli Manning get benched for ridiculous and utter nonsense of a reason for Geno Smith, of all people. Not the third-round quarterback that they picked. For Geno Smith, who we all know suck. It's just another terrible move by our terrible coach, who, and it's just a slap of disrespect to the two-time Super Bowl MVP who pretty much is the reason why Jerry Reese has a job in the first place because he won the Super Bowl. He bailed his ass out of the hot seat many times. And it's just complete disrespect because Eli Manning, it's not his fault. None of this is his fault. This season doesn't fall on Eli Manning. It's not his fault he has no offensive line. It's not his fault. His coach is an absolute moron and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And it's not his fault his receivers went down. And for him to take the back seat like that for Geno Smith and not at least the kid, the third-round quarterback to address it, it makes no sense to me. At least give that kid a shot. At least there's some pride in that. Eli Manning uh, was asked if he wanted to uh, start him, and then they wanted the kids to play, and he he declined it. And I respect that so much out of him. He's a true professional. He's a class act. And he doesn't want his street to be be remembered for that, and rightfully so. But um, seriously, Tuesday was the saddest day of my life seeing this is a guy, 13 straight years, he's played for this team. He's been out there, and he's given them a chance to win all the time. He's he's competed at the highest level. 
and now this is a this is how they reward him. Now we have to question: Is Eli Manning even going to be a giant anymore, guys? Completely ridiculous. And I just, it's I'm, I'm literally mind blown. I'm sad. I'm tearing up thinking about. It. I'm tearing up thinking about his uh, press conference where he was tearing up. It just seems nobody cared. Just that when the season got this low, for him to be the the guy everyone's falling back on and blaming it on, and him taking the heat for this season, completely unacceptable. The whole season was in disarray. The whole season's a mess. And now for this to go down on Eli, completely disrespectful, guys. Yeah, I agree with everything that you just said, Vinny. I really do. And um, I was fortunate enough to be at his first start, uh, which, you know, is something that I'll always remember. And, um, I mean, you said everything. Everything is correct. I personally, I think his career with the Giants is over. I don't think that you can come back from this. I think that they're going to move on. They'll probably draft a quarterback. You might not see him start next year. You'll see maybe Webb or, or even Geno if he's brought back. But uh, I, I definitely think this is the end for Eli Manning, who deserved better the entire year. This is a guy that uh, has taken every hit, had, that's bounced right back up. He, he doesn't miss a game. He doesn't miss a snap even. The, the ultimate professional, you never heard anything bad about him in the media. Uh, and he brought us two championships. I mean, he delivered from the time he was drafted until now. And the way that they handled it is just absolutely disgusting. Well, I'm not so sure that he can't come back from this because if the regime changes, if there is no more Jerry Reese, if there's no more Ben McAdoo, which yeah. is what we're all hoping yeah, better for, not be. I could see the new regime saying, hey, we drafted a quarterback or we believe in Davis Webb. Eli, there's nobody better to learn from than you. What is he going to want to, Rob? Uh, yeah, if it's not Reese and McAdoo, I could see it. I mean, those are the guys that have done this to him. Now, let's not forget. Let's go back to week two against Detroit, okay? What did McAdoo say after that game? Did he blame the defense for not making a stop? Did no. he blame Brandon Marshall for dropping a 45-yard pass no. down the sideline? Or did he go out there and crap on Eli Manning for not getting a playoff in time, a play that they should have been had, had his special teams out there, a fourth down play to get some points on the board, and he calls out Eli Manning. It was disrespectful. It was wrong. What did he do? He calls out Eli. Does he ever call out Odell Beckham for anything he did? No. Does he ever call out anybody else? Until all of a sudden, Odell's on IR, and now he's going to start benching Janoris Jenkins, benching Eli Apple. Not that he's any good, but all of a sudden, people are getting disciplined. Well, there was no discipline for Odell Beckham ever. It's an easy skip. It's ridiculous. He, he Eli will take it. And, but he's treated him so badly. And now let's look at the Giants regime. They forced out Tom Coughlin, who's maybe the greatest coach in Giants history. No disrespect to Bill Parcells. They're 1-1A. One one you want to say Parcells was better, that's fine. But if not, it's Coughlin standing of a citizen as you could ever have asked for, they pushed him out for this guy, McAdoo, and they disrespected him and basically put him – they gave him no chance. All of a sudden, the next year, McAdoo's there. They spent $150 million on the defense, and now they're going to do it to Eli Manning. So the two faces of this franchise that the fans and that the franchise should be more proud of than any other faces maybe in New York sports, both now have been disrespected and pushed away from the Giants for Ben McAdoo. You're right. I mean, that's disgusting. Not, I can't even. Yeah, everything For what? you said, everything both of you guys have said is is just right. It's spot on, as I like to say. And <laughs> I don't think that you know. Listen, Eli is the ultimate professional. We all agree on that. I don't think he'd want to come back. I know I wouldn't want to come back. And uh, Vinny, the point that you made that I completely agree with is the streak. I mean, it means something to him to say does. that I'm not going to play half a game just to keep my streak going. If you want to go in a different direction, that's fine. I'll take the back seat here. And I'll take the higher road. And something else that I heard, guys, is the Giants were going to try and do this uh, almost as a, cl- a behind-closed-door type thing. And Eli told them, no, you need to make a press release and, and put this out there. And that's something, too, is almost like sneaky, that the Giants wanted to, to almost hide this type of uh, 
this nonsense. Uh, they knew the uproar would be ridiculous. For a first-class organization, they really fucked up here. And uh, excuse my language there, but it's really I'm, I'm heated about the situation. It's completely disrespectful. And the fact that we're talking about maybe the end of the era of Eli Manning in New York after 13 solid seasons for us, it, it's really saddening. And he has one more year left on his contract, guys. Is he going to be a giant next year or not? No, I think he'll be a giant. I think that this is – I think that we'll know really quickly what's going to happen. Now, let's let's look at this and uh, delve in really deep. And I don't want to get too deep into this because we know Joe Gannascoli is going to call any minute now, and I don't want to be too deep in a discussion that we never get back to. But think of it this way. We saw – sorry, I'm paying attention to Goon over there. I thought maybe we got a caller. Um, Who's having difficulties again on this Saturday morning. So this is a team that's been a first-class first organization forever. The Islanders are my favorite team. In all sports, I would give limb to see them win a championship. But I'll say this. I've never been more um, proud to be a fan of a team than I am the New York Giants my whole life. They're always above everybody. They're always a notch above the rest. They always did everything right, kind of like the Yankees in a lot of ways, do everything right. Um, and this is just a step down for them. And I'm just – I'm so – I'm hurt by it as a fan. We saw how hurt Eli was that he was in tears in his locker – and now as it comes out later in the week, we see that John Mara and Ben McAdoo, as much as McAdoo wants you to think they were on the same page, they were not on the same page about this. And that's where I think that the window of opportunity for Eli to maybe come back is a little bit open because you could see Mara was saying some things and McAdoo saying the opposite. Who do you believe? I believe Mara. Of course I believe Mara. Well, so, I believe Mara, but I think he, if he wanted Eli to start, he's the, he's the voice. He would keep him in there. And um, he's well, fully committed to the tank. They're and, all fully committed to tanking because Geno Smith is the quarterback. And that's fine. But also, don't forget, now, when this happened, Mara was at owners' meetings. So Mara's at owners' meetings while this is all going on. He's not exactly in the building. It, it's just weird. But you know the, the saddest part about this is? is and we're going to ask Joe Ganeskull. He's on the line with it. So I'll get to that in a couple minutes. Um, but, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on Over the Top Sports. Uh, Big Mike, Robbie D, and Vinny the Shark here. Three big Giants fans, and we know that you had some feelings on this, Eli Manning, too. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. He's on the line. Hello. Hey, there he is. Hello, there he is. Uh, nice to hear from you again. Uh, just a difficulty real quick, Joe. But, uh, Joe, your thoughts on the Giants uh, this Tuesday with the shocking announcement of Eli Manning's 210-game start streak will come to an end. I'm not Joe. It's the wrong caller. Oh, we got another caller. <laughs> Thanks, Goon, for this. But, uh, okay, who do we have on the line? And uh, and I'd uh, love to hear what you got to say. Poorly produced segment, as uh, Mike, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog would say. What's going on? You still there? <laughs> We're still here. All right, listen, I, I, be, I pulled up a list of all the worst Giants coaches in history, and McAdoosh lands at the bottom. <laughs> he's he's below John McVay. He's below Onsbogger. He's below Ray Hanley. I mean, he's the bottom of the list. I mean, he's he's just outrageously bad. He doesn't belong there. He never belonged there. Marin knew it. Marin knows everything that's going on with that team. He knows when those guys are tying their shoes, when they're putting their their stuff away. He knew everything was going on. This is an orchestrated thing to get out to get away from Eli for whatever reason they want. He deserved a lot better than this, like you guys said. I couldn't say it any better. I just I think McAdoosh got to go. Uh, McAd- absolutely got to go. I love the name the only- McAdoosh. I'm with you. That's a great name for him. Crapadoof. He's everything. All McAdoosh. I mean, Mac- that name, I, there's so many names you could go at. I'm telling you right now, I, as, as far as football goes, the, the kneeling got under my skin. The lack of doing anything about it got under my skin. Taking this with Eli. I'm done with football. You couldn't yeah. pay me to go to a freaking giant game. You couldn't give me a hundred grand to sit in a giant seat. 
No way. There's a lot of people who feel the way you do. It's going to be very interesting to see who's at that game next Sunday when Dallas is in town. Dallas travels well to Giants Stadium anyway. You know what? I always call it Giants Stadium because I always was so high on the Giants. You know what? It's MetLife now because they don't deserve to have it called Giants Stadium anymore. It's MetLife, and it's going to be full of Cowboys fans next Sunday. That's very telling. Yeah, it's going to be full of Cowboys fans in there. It's hard to believe Ben McAdoo won 11 games last year, and the Giants have never scored 30 points with him. This guy was supposed to be the offensive guru. He was the quarterback coach. For Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay. And they, that's not why Aaron Rodgers is good. That, that means that he did nothing over there. Aaron Rodgers made him good. Start with the Giants, and that goes up exactly. to the head office with Jerry Reese. Aaron Rodgers got him the job. He's an Aaron Rodgers made him good. I got one no more point guy. to make. Absolutely. One Go more ahead. point to make for you guys. You said about the game this weekend. If you looked, the minute Eli got benched, the secondary ticket market, insane. People can't give these tickets away. That stadium, if it's 40% full, that's just the retards who ended up going there because they always go there and have nothing else to do with their lives. It's over, guys. Football killed themselves. They shot themselves in the foot. Goodell got to go. McAdoosh got to go. And, and all the antics got to go. You can tell me, you know, we've been through this before. You can't honor, you know, military heroes died in the, in, in the line of duty there, but you can, you can definitely kneel and, and disgrace them. I'm, I'm done. I, I just And then, you know, what you do to star players who've been classy their whole lives, Ridiculous. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that the NFL has taken this turn, and they're, uh, they kind of glorify it. And we appreciate yeah. the call very much. Thank you for listening. We hope you still listen when we do talk about football, but don't worry, we will have to talk about basketball. Oh, I'll, basketball. I'll listen. Yeah. I'll listen, but I will, I, will not, I will not do anything that generates a dime for the NFL. Oh, yeah. well, I'm on board <laughs> with you there, too. Trust me. So thank you so much for the call. Thanks for the listen. And, good luck, and he makes a good point. He's not the only guy that is taking this stand. I've heard so many people say they're not going to go to another Giants game. They're not going to even watch the game. I tweeted the Giants. I will not be buying any more Giants apparel. I will not be going to any more of their games. They don't deserve my hard-earned money right now. I agree with you. Uh, I completely agree with you. And listen, the flag thing, uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about. I've shared it in, uh, in a few rants, so I don't need to, to go back into it. You guys know how I feel. I think anybody that's followed the show knows how I feel. But I completely agree with the caller. I think it's disgusting. And, I, you know, look at the NFL now. They're, they settled for, what, $87, $89 million, and now more players are not going to kneel. It was almost like a ransom. The, uh, certain players held the NFL uh, ransom for money, and now that they got what they wanted, I mean, how does even Kaepernick feel about that? You know, he's trying to you know, kneel for his thing, and then you have players now, uh, okay, you know, I'll stand because the NFL is going to put $89 million towards, uh, you know, whatever the cause was, so – it's just ridiculous. The whole thing has been dragged on, and, uh, I mean, I agree with the caller. Yeah, 1044 over the top sports radio waiting to hear from Joe Ganescoli, but we want to hear from you guys as well, 646-716-5403. Give us a call. Bob on Facebook says, less about the Giants. Most important college football Saturday ever, Bob. I promise you we will get to the college football stuff uh, in just a couple of minutes. Vinny will have his picks, as always, and break down this big game. It is a huge college football Saturday that will yes, set up is. the playoff. Uh, so, Bob, I promise you we will get there as well. Um, when I thought it was Joe on the phone and we had a caller, and we'll take the callers as quickly as we can anyway, my point that I was going to make to you guys is how sad is it that tomorrow afternoon Ben McAdoo gets to take part in the game and Eli Manning doesn't? It's, I mean, how does Ben McAdoo, who with no resume, get to have any impact on this game while Eli Manning gets to hold a clipboard? This is the first time in God knows how long in my, in my whole existence that I'm not going to watch a giant game because I truly want them to lose. 
I and I don't want them to lose 51 nothing. I want them to lose 3 nothing. I want them to lose a game where any points would have won them the game. Not a game where the defense sucked. Like where all, any points would have won them the game. I don't want the blowout. I want the close win where the offense is just so inept and bad that it just makes them look like crap. But you know what? They want that because they want to tank. They have to want to tank, right? They're How else can you make this move? How can you sit there and say, he gives us the best They're chance to win? They're fully committed when Gino Smith's your starting quarterback. You committed to tanking. I like that he came out with a straight face and said, we have a game plan for Geno Smith to win this game. <laughs> I mean, that's like Bill Belichick to me with that straight face lying <laughs> to everyone, lying right to your face because they don't have a game plan for Geno Smith to win this game. Are you kidding me? It's Geno Smith. It, they're not winning this game. It's ridiculous. And let me say this. Every single one of you out there that has ever heard of Ben McAdoo post-game press conference after a loss, he says the same thing every time. What does he say? Oh, I got to look at the videotape. They give up 51 points. Somebody will ask them, you know, what was wrong with the defense today? Did they not compete? Well, let's look at the videotape. Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple didn't move on this 50-yard screen pass and that's on third and 30. I have to look at videotape. Well, have you seen the videotape of Geno Smith? Because if you see the videotape of Geno Smith, Mr. Videotape Watcher, you would know that you don't need to see him tomorrow. Geno Smith, you need his video speaks for itself. It drives me crazy with the videotape thing. Were you not standing on the sideline watching the game the whole entire time? Right. Like, well, what, what were you doing? I saw the game. What were you doing? I saw the game in Dallas. Taking a turret again, like that picture Lawrence Pine posted up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the other this thing. Guy is- sucks. I can't wait for uh, the last game. I believe it's New Year's Day. He needs to be fired right after that press conference. Let him follow the tape. Let him kiss Eli Manning's rings like Mike Francesca said on the way out because they just completely dropped the ball with this Eli Manning thing. I'm very, very offended by it, and it's just terrible to see. And this will be the first time not watching a Giant game, and this is the first time I'm really rooting against them. Even after the season where I know tanking is best for the team, I want them to lose out of principle out of this terrible, terrible decision. And I just feel so bad for Eli. And that's, re- that's really all I got to say on it, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm bothered. Yeah, and, and the ratings have been really down. If you look at the Thanksgiving ratings on, a, on a, last Thanksgiving, they came out this week. I mean, up to 25% down nationally. That's crazy. That's crazy. And the Giants were one of those games on the Sunday, uh, Thursday night game against the Redskins. Even all three Thanksgiving days, uh, games are down. Every single one. There was 25% down in the Cowboys game. So, I mean, our caller brought it up before. All the flag stuff and all the kneeling stuff has really turned off a lot of fans. And on Thanksgiving, where it's usually a family tradition to turn on the football and have your Thanksgiving day, I think that a lot of families didn't do that. And the NFL is really starting to feel it. And now locally, but you know what? the like, Giant fans are going to do it too. It's going to be hurt even more. Well, that's for sure. I mean, the ratings are down, but they're still the number one ratings in the in the country whenever the NFL is on. Yeah. They're not getting but, as many viewers as they once had, but they're still – But that will hurt them in the pocket. That's yeah, going to hurt them in true. the pocket. That's true. The last thing about Eli Manning, guys, is this. Is you brought up uh, New Year's Day as the final game of the season. He's due a roster bonus if he's on the roster five days after New Year's. Okay? That's a big telling point. If he survives that five days, Mike, I think that he will be the Giants quarterback in week one next year. Now, on Black Monday, is it just Reese that go? I mean, just McAdoo that goes, or is it Reese with him? It better be. If it's not Reese with him, and we are all in agreement that Reese has to go with him, if Reese stays somehow, then I could possibly see that they move on. And if they do, you know, it's going to be a long rebuild. And with the kind of guys that they have on their team, the guys like Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, who only wants to act well when he's on a winning team, uh, Janoris Jenkins, Eli Apple, these guys that have now known to be quitters. If you have to sell them next year on playing a year with a rookie quarterback that's never started before, it's going to be a very long season with those personalities. And I was told by a fellow listener, Peter, that Giant fans are stupid for wanting Jerry Reese to go. 
Like he's huh. a good GM. Right. What is what is what he, is he done? What is he thinking? He had one job to do this offseason, that was address the offensive line. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it at all. And the Giants were in trouble even when they were healthy due to that problem. And he had a lot of busts, a lot of first round busts. Eric Flowers, David Wilson, uh, Eli Apple, I'm gonna throw in there. Uh, there's a lot of first round busts that he's had. Prince of Makamara, Aaron Ross, there's terrible picks that this guy's had outside of JPP, Odell. Eli Manning back in the day, and um, the best thing he got out of those guys is David Wilson's Christian music that was on our show in the And summer. once again, Eli Manning was the guy who bailed him out. Uh, Jerry Reese, he kept him in that office a lot, thanks to Eli Manning, and this is what they're doing to the Well, guys. listen, two weeks from yesterday, uh, so 13 days from now, regime. Mike Francesa's career ends at WFAN. If you guys don't believe that Reese, you know, is doing a bad job, why don't you listen to Mike's rant if you yeah. didn't hear it? Mike hit every point on the head better than any of us could do because he's the GOAT in what we're doing right now. Uh, go take a listen to his rant, but don't do it until after 12 o'clock. <laughs> Stay tuned with us for the next hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes. We've got a lot to talk about. We're still going to preview this uh, Sunday's action tomorrow, week 13. Guys, if you're in fantasy playoffs or if you're 6-6 six and six or you're close, this is a huge week for you. Mike's going to have a ton of advice. We all have some plays, I'm sure, that we like. Um, but right now, let's get to the college football. It is the biggest day of college football. We talked about it. Bob wants to hear about it on Facebook. Here it is, Bob. College football Saturday, Pac-12 championship game in the books last night, uh, but a lot of better action today uh, leading up to who's going to make it to the Final Four. We talked about it on Monday. I think Alabama's going to make it. Vinny says they might be left out, and it's going to be crazy. It starts today. Georgia and Auburn, that's the big game to me. What happens there? Four o'clock, Vinny. In, win and in. That's what it is. Win and in. You, uh, whoever wins that is going to the college football playoff, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Auburn. And Auburn could be that two-loss team that gets in. The question is, will we have another one, and will we see two SEC teams? Because Alabama needs some help. Vinny, in the first matchup, the Bulldogs only managed 46 yards on 32 carries. Uh, Nick Chubb, awesome, but he was only held to 27 yards. That happens again today. I mean, it's a disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to expect a little more out of that. I don't see that happening. That's, uh, they did a tremendous job holding down Nick Chubb, who's a great player. Um, it's going to be a good game. A lot of people uh, giving Georgia no shot, and I think they know that, and they're going to come in there firing. Uh, Auburn's coming off that huge win against Alabama, though. you got to love that momentum they're coming in with. Then uh, number 11, TCU, they just have, they've stayed there the whole season. At number three, Oklahoma, spread is seven. Oklahoma given seven. Uh, Rodney Anderson's emerged as a nice little running back weapon, Vinny. Uh, Oklahoma won the first matchup easily. Is this that shootout that everyone's anticipating? More than likely because Oklahoma is the best offense in the, league, in the country and they have the worst defense in the country. So that always illustrates their games are probably going to be in a shootout. It's interesting. This is a big game for Alabama to watch because I think if Oklahoma loses, that's going to knock them out and that could get Alabama right in. So all you uh, Crimson Tide fans, you're definitely big TCU Horn Frog fans today. But I like Oklahoma to come in there and get the job done. Baker Mayfield is the best player in the country, and I see him getting the job done today. Bottom line, plain and simple, Oklahoma should beat TCU. Uh, but definitely uh, TCU has got a lot of fans over there in Alabama because that's a big game because I think Oklahoma's out if they in. I don't think TCU gets in by beating Oklahoma and winning the Big 12, but um, that probably gets Alabama in, I would have to say. I think that's their best shot of getting in. Uh, number seven, Miami at number one, Clemson spread is nine and a half. I might've went down to nine. If I saw it correct this morning, these two teams have met once since 2011, Vin, and it was a 58, nothing win for Clemson in 2015. Uh, last week, Miami only had 14 points at Pittsburgh. What do you see here? I love Clemson. I love Clemson. They get it done here. They really only had one bad game against Syracuse. Somehow they lost to the Syracuse orange. And uh, I hate Miami. I thought they were overrated. Uh, they had a big-time win against Notre Dame, who I always think is overrated. So that didn't impress me. 
But uh, Miami is not going to get the job done here, guys, because Clemson is for real. They are the number one team in the country as of now. They, they will solidify themselves in the way that they head on to the playoffs. Yeah, and everybody speaks of that Clemson D with Dabo Sweeney. But they're averaging 6.1 yards per play, Vinny. And Bryant, the quarterback, 66.4 passing percentage. I mean, he's really having an under-the-radar year. He's no Deshaun Watson, but he's not bad. Getting the job done, though. He's actually, yeah, he's averaging about 200 yards a game, but they don't need him to. They're managing clock, and like, I, and like you said, the defense is the real deal with Clemson. They have the best defense in the country, in my opinion, and they will uh, prove that they're the number one team in the country, I believe, and they will win the ACC. And then last big game that I circled, uh, number eight, Ohio State, is giving six points at number four, Wisconsin. Two of the better young running backs. You have J.K. Dobbins, uh, Jonathan Taylor, the question here, though, that I have for you, Vinny, is J.T. Barrett going to be limited? Is he playing this game uh, entirely, or are we only going to see him for certain series? Uh, what's going on there? I don't know. That's going to be a big deal, honestly. I don't know if it's going to help or hurt Ohio State, because like I brought up last time, uh, the whole Alabama loss to Ohio State with Cardell Jones coming in, I really think it's because they didn't have enough uh, film on the kid to see what he was doing. I know Elliott had a great game and everything, but to see a quarterback that you have no research on, you don't know how to stop him. So you might have that. He's an Ohio State recruit, whoever the backup is. I'm curious how Barrett's going to be in there. I'm sure he'll play a decent amount. He seems like a tough kid, and this is a big game for him. This is another game Alabama's got to watch out for because they don't want Wisconsin to win because if they win, they're in. They're ready to force you in that. They will compete. They will complete an undefeated season. Winning the Big Ten, I think they get in with that. Ohio State, do they get in with two losses, especially if Auburn wins because I don't think they want two two-loss teams in the playoffs. So that's never, if- they never had one two-loss team. Nonetheless, you think they're going to put in two? That's why I still think Alabama really does have a decent shot. So they got to watch out for this Ohio State-Wisconsin game and that Oklahoma-TCU game. So let me ask you this, Vinny. Is Ohio State or Miami playing for anything at all as far as getting into this playoff? Or are they really playing for Alabama? Like, if they get the win, is it Alabama that's going to jump in? Not Wisconsin, Ohio State. Wisconsin could be in, but Uh, if Ohio State or Miami, if they get a win, are they getting themselves into the top four, or are they really winning and now all of a sudden Miami gets that spot that's going to be vacated by either Clemson or Wisconsin? As much as the committee loves Ohio State, they would have to put Alabama in because they love Alabama more. And uh, Ohio State's got the two losses, and that's a big deal. And um, I, don't, I can't see them putting two-loss teams again. That's why the Auburn thing is a big deal because they never had a two-loss team in the college football playoff, and Auburn has the two losses. If they win the SEC, they're definitely in. They're so the is Georgia the one team outside that top five that can actually jump in? I think Georgia could jump. It's, I think it's down to Georgia or um, – yeah, to get in. That's why I said outside the I top five. Yeah, I feel yeah. like – I just assume everybody has Alabama as number five. Right, right. So this Georgia, Miami, Ohio State, only Georgia really has a chance to put themselves in. I definitely – yeah. Oklahoma lost, they're out. Uh, and a Wisconsin lost, they're out as well. I can't see Ohio State jumping in unless – Auburn loses, but I really feel like whoever wins the SEC, I think Georgia gets in if they yeah. if they win. So I see, I think whoever wins the SEC gets in, whoever wins the ACC gets in. If Oklahoma wins, they get in. If Wisconsin wins, they get in. And if Oklahoma or Wisconsin lose, then Alabama comes in. All right, Vinny, what are the bets today? And uh, if I had to watch one game here as the upset, what am I watching? All right, let me get these bets. We have two teasers for you guys. I'm going to start with uh, Auburn money line. I'm all in on them after their momentum beating Alabama. That was a very, very impressive win. That uh, organization's heading in the right direction. Good program. I think they get the job done today. Auburn will win, take their money line. Three-team, 10-point teaser. I'm taking Memphis plus 17. I know a lot of people love UCF. A great game against USF. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I like Memphis with all those points. Give me Memphis with 17 and a teaser. I'm taking Auburn. I'm teasing them up to 11 and a half. And I'm taking Clemson at a pick to beat Miami because I do not see Miami beating Clemson at all. Two-team six-point teaser, Oklahoma minus one, 
and Wisconsin plus 11. Sorry, Alabama fans over there. I think Wisconsin's not getting enough love because everybody is all over Ohio State today. And I think that and that reason alone and all the money going in on Ohio State is why Wisconsin is actually going to get the job done because a lot of people don't believe them. They're undefeated. I know their schedule wasn't that great. But they can run the hell out of the ball. That's what they can. That's what they do. They play defense as well. That's probably what's the over under in that game? Fifty and a half. Fifty and a half, and it's down to four points. So there's some money thrown Wisconsin's way this morning. That's yeah, that's interesting actually because that's um Ohio State opened at minus six, and yeah. a lot of people were piling on Ohio State. So somebody probably saw that swing and hammered Wisconsin. Uh, that's going to be a really really good game, guys. I really think that's going to be the game of the day. Hey, Lucas Oil Stadium. What what else is happening at Lucas Oil Stadium? Super Bowl forty six. Yeah, that's just funny. It's just very ironic. So Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, there you go, Bob. There's uh, your look at the college football slate. Uh, Monday is gonna be an interesting show. It's unfortunate that by Monday, I mean we'll have a pretty good idea, but nothing to be official, right? Yeah, we'll find out Tuesday official, but you should have a pretty good idea. Uh, like I said, uh, Alabama or Georgia will come in, and one of those teams lose, they're out. I think. Uh, but these Saturdays have been crazy. They you have, never know what's going to happen. This is great, and it's really great for college football. Again, people will talk about this. I really think they might expand it because I think they're going to feel like one or two teams are really going to get jipped out of the playoff here. And that kind of sucks coming that close, and then you play a bowl game. You don't really – like, watch out for Alabama. If they don't get in the playoff, I don't think they're going to care about their bowl game. How could their they? expectations. How could they? It would be like Kentucky in the NIT tournament. They lost. They got bounced first round uh, by a terrible team, and uh, I can't see them caring because that's not their expectations. That's not what they were playing for. But uh, it's really been great for college football. Every week, everyone's talking about it. There's so many things. Like every, every team builds up a resume. It gets more fun and fun every week and after rivalry week and now the championship week. We're finally going to get into the bowl season. All right. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that Monday. Get those picks in, Goon. We'll post them on Twitter. Let's try to have a uh, perfect Vinny because there seemed to have been a mishap even last week. One was on me. You were not here. But you, the two weeks ago, so let's try to get them out there because this is a big week. We want to get the money right. Sure. We'll get them out there soon uh, with the technical difficulties. I mean, is that why we're not able to get our caller? No, the calls are coming through. We had the other guy, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, that we should talk about before we go into the full Week 13 slate, because this is big news, is the Yankees – have not announced it, but multiple reports are out there now. It seems like it's official, expected to be made official early this week or early in the week, uh, that it will be Aaron Boone that is the new manager of the New York Yankees. Um, you're the resident Yankee fan, so I'm going to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on this hiring, if indeed it becomes true? Don't really know what to think. I mean, I guess he knows the sabermetrics. I mean, he has no managing experience, so I don't really know what to think about it, honestly. Um, I know they were going to hire somebody with no managing experience. We all knew that was coming because Cashman uh, wants to be a little voice and he needs a little yes, man. I think, I mean, he's given a great opportunity here. They got a great young team. It's really hard to mess it up. I feel like I can manage the team, you know, just put your bullpen in when it requires and uh, lefty lefties, all that stuff. It, it shouldn't be that difficult to manage the New York Yankees. It will be just because of the market and the pressure, but it's a great young team. And I don't know what to expect from Aaron Boone until we see him managing some games. Yeah, I don't like to move at all. And um, listen, I'm basing that off of he's never managed before. This is a team that was so close to the World Series. I know he comes from a, a great line of coaching. You had Bob Boone and Brett Boone had a good season and probably took roids for that season. Let's be honest. He was five foot three, hitting uh, 50 home runs a year. So call it what it is. Um, I just don't like to move. I, it should be Girardi still, if you ask me. It should have been somebody uh, that had experience. I would have even took Carlos Beltran, even though he's not great with the media, as somebody pointed out last night. 
But uh, I just don't like the move at all. And I think that uh, it's just something that's going to backfire. I think it's something that you see more and more of, uh, you know, with Steve Kerr doing it in the NBA. And no, I, was, no, I was just showing video. Somebody <laughs> has a vote for Vinny for mayor in 2019. Wow, good for you. So congrats to Vinny. Uh, yeah, I just don't like the move at all. It should have been somebody with experience, if you ask me. Even the bench coach from the Giants, I, I think that would have been it's, a better uh, It's just surprising because the Yankees usually need a very solidified name. And even though I was kind of expecting, you know, the no-name, no-managing experience guy, Aaron Boone had the big hit for the Yankees. And other than that, he has no, you know, anything involving the Yankees at all. Eight years of ESPN, right? Eight right. straight years of the ESPN. And now they're saying Girardi might take his spot on Sunday Night Baseball. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I just don't get it as an outside fan. I know, Mike, you're not a Yankee fan either. I don't get why, you know, when you have a team that's this young and this good, I would want somebody with experience to try to bring them I to the promised land. Girardi was that guy. I mean, when Girardi was let go, and I guess it, you can't technically say he was fired, but I I wasn't happy, you know, for him. I thought he did a very good job. But, hey, you never know who they're going to bring in. I, I, I never saw them bringing in a guy that's never managed a day at any level in his life. So it's going to be interesting to see. Listen, you're right. It's very easy to put that lineup together with all the talent the Yankees have, but how is it to manage bullpen arms? How is it to manage Tanaka, who sometimes needs the extra day of rest, but you have other guys that want to go on their four days rest? You know, over the long 162-game season, and as these young guys keep going and getting better, their egos are going to start growing too. And dealing with those egos and keeping them in check, which is something that Joe Torre was the best at that I've ever seen. Okay, better than Gerardi. I don't think the, don't think the players like that, though. I think a few voiced their displeasure about it. I know Francesca said there was a lot of them who literally he knows a few of them that don't like Joe Girardi. Well, I said Tory was the best at that. Well, Tory yeah. was great at that. Joe Tory was great at you that. You could but... use something like that, somebody with experience. I don't know if Boone's going to be that. Boone might be a little timid going in it's, there. It's surprising because Let's it's see. not a glorified name, and it's obviously being the, the manager of the Yankees is a huge, huge deal. I mean, that's a big-time job over here in New York. But it's more of this. Brian Cashman, he's laying out his blueprint. He said, this is what, how you manage it, and that's how it's going to go down. And do you think, I guess Boone had the best interview saying, yes, I will do that, sir. Do you think as a Yankee fan that this is a little bit of a power trip for Cashman? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He kind of deserves it. I mean, look at the team he put together. He finally didn't go out there spending all their money on washed-up players in their 30s and giving them a mega million dollars. They actually built a good farm system, and it paid off dramatically. Yeah, farm absolutely. And they got a bullpen. He worked on the bullpen while the farm system was going there. They, they are literally an ace away from winning the World Series. And, it, and dare I say – a dynasty potential with this team because they're very, very young. And if they could get a stud starting pitcher, this team could, they're going to be in the playoffs every single year. I'll say this to you. Uh, last night at work, we interviewed, we had a, a guest in. He was the Texas Rangers hitting coach, came in our studio and we talked to him. And we were talking to him about a couple of guys. And he raved more about Gliber Torres than anybody else in Major League Baseball. He was and he hasn't process. even cracked the surface yet for the Yankees. Nope. He injured, uh, what was his, um, MCL or something like that? I forgot what he injured. I think it was in his arm, actually. Um, he was supposed to come up, and I think he might be the, either the third baseman or the second baseman of the future. And that, uh, obviously, I want Chase Headley gone. I'm not, yeah, that guy has no pop. But I, I think they could even trade for Whenever they're ready to put him in. Oh, he's he going to keep for a starting job. He said trade this guy will be one of the prospects best. In the way. Yeah, he's the number one prospect. They traded all the Chapman to the Cubs for him. And um, I can't wait to see this guy play because, I mean, look at these prospects already, what they are, and they're not even supposed to be the best ones. All right. So, 11.05 over the top sports radio. Um, I think, Goon, we got a guest now finally uh, joined by Joe Ganiscoli. You know him from The Sopranos. Uh, 
a lot of news going on if you're a Giants and Yankees fan, and he is one this week. Uh, we were just talking about Aaron Boone. So before we get to the big hot topic of uh, Eli Manning, um, Joe, what are your thoughts on uh, the Yankees' uh, possible new manager? It looks like Aaron Boone is going to be uh, getting a nod. No, I, I don't. I don't hear anything either. I think the technical difficulties are definitely, uh, definitely killing us right now. Uh, I don't know what is going on, but uh, bear with us, uh, Joe. If you can't hear me, uh, unable to hear you right now. Uh, Goon's working the board, trying to get you on. Lots to talk about. Um, but yeah, we we were just talking about uh, the Yankees, Mike, and uh, just I was talking to the Texas Rangers uh, batting coach yesterday, and he was saying that you know as good as the Yankees are, he says that Glaber Torres is the guy he raves about more than anybody. Not just in the Yankees organization, but in baseball. Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be a top-rated prospect, uh, you know, position prospect. He's at shortstop, so, uh, five-tool player from what I've read. And, uh, I mean, just look at that trade. Uh, I'm sure I just heard Vinny speak to it to the Cubs. You're able to sign Chapman and you're able to get Torres. Uh, you know, that was one of the great moves by Brian Cashman. And, and that's where you almost have to give the benefit of the doubt. Brian Cashman has done such a good job with this team, uh, just bringing in players at the right time, stacking up prospects at the right time, and, you know, listen, if he thinks Aaron Boone is the, is the right fit, who am I to question that? All right, so 11.07 over the top sports radio. I'm going to take a quick break here. No? No break? The goon can't get anything done, huh? <laughs> He's not working. Uh, I mean, no, nah, we don't hear him. Uh, I was trying to get this fixed up so we can try to make this work. Uh, definitely rough. I was hoping we can get a break. We can maybe restart the computer, nothing like that. We'll, we'll hold it down on Facebook Live while you restart the show. No? Yeah, we can do that. Why don't we do that? Why don't we hold it down on Facebook Live? Um, just the three of us right now while we wait for that. Uh, what, what, what can we talk about? Let's talk about whenever Joe Ganascali does come on Facebook Live, listeners, you do have to click the link to the blog talk, you'll only be able to hear it on there. He's calling in, so you're not gonna be able to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, just as always, and we will we have the link on in Facebook for you there. Um, week 13, guys, NFL getting underway. Let's uh, recap Thursday night's game. We talked about it on Monday. Um, one of those games that usually I like to say, and Vinny likes to say, I can't go against the home team getting points on prime time. But we were scared, and uh, rightfully so, because the Cowboys hadn't scored double-digit points in three straight weeks. Well, they come out there, and Washington just showed why they were a joke. Uh, guys weren't holding the ball for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins wasn't holding the ball for his guys. And uh, it turned out to be a big rushing day for the Cowboys. They get the big win and find a way to stay alive in the NFC wildcard race. Yeah, I mean, I, we were all over the Redskins. I put them in my pick and pool. I, I liked them. I thought they could put up points. I thought they were going to abuse that beat-up uh, Dallas defense, and it just wasn't to be. You saw a nice game from Alfred Morris. The line looked like they were blocking a little bit better. Dak made the plays he had to make, and the Cowboys' defense really stepped up when it had to. Uh, I forgot. Who was calling the game? Collinsworth, was it? I, yeah, yeah, I it actually was didn't get to watch. Okay, they actually put up a pretty good uh, – Pretty good point. It was a 38-14 game, and Kirk Cousins had great stats. Uh, 26 for 37, 51, and two touchdowns. Uh, at the time, it was better when he brought it up. I didn't realize he had two interceptions either. I think one was a late thing. But Kirk Cousins is getting the job done. Josh Stockson, honestly, I think he's going to be a good receiver down the road. Uh, he's finally – I don't think he's played a half a season yet in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Mike? Right, because the injuries. Right. He's been banged up a little bit. I knew that guy was going to be better than Treadwell. I didn't think Treadwell would be this bad, don't get me wrong, for Minnesota. But uh, that, that kid's a special talent, and I definitely keep an eye out for him. And it's going to be interesting what they do with Kirk Cousins because this guy's in for a big payday. Are the Redskins going to give it to him or what? I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a winning quarterback. I think that he's a guy that um, the Jets are going to look at, that the Redskins are going to look at. He's had a lot of problems with Redskins. Uh-huh. We've talked about before. 
Hey, Mr. Uh, Ganascoli, how are you, sir? You hear me now? Yes, yeah, sir. We, go. we got it everything is up and running. Restarting the computer always works. All right, very good. Uh, thank you, you so much for joining us. We're doing great, uh, but not not that happy. And I think that you share that same sentiment with us. A big week in Giants Nation as another uh, one Giants fan or three Giants fans to another. Uh, what were your thoughts on Eli Manning? Um, well, well, before we get to the Giants, uh, you're gonna, you asked me about the Yankee manager, and I was hoping it would be uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, my man. <laughs> Me too. You know, I think that uh, he relates to uh, the uh, the, the uh, modern ball player. So does Boone, obviously. But uh, I think he's a legend with the Spanish ball players, and uh, I hope that uh, Sanchez doesn't have a little uh, style in in, in him. We'll see. Um, but I mean, he's really bought into helping the players and, and, the guy and being coachable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and, uh, but the thing is, Brian Cashman hates. Alex Rodriguez yeah. so much, so that was never going to happen. I didn't even get an interview. I know, I know, I know. I know. He's got, he's got bad taste in his mouth. But, um, uh, but uh, he's a student of the game and uh, his history of the game. But it's it's Boone, and so we'll see. I I I, I want that. I like Girardi. I always like Girardi. So, um, being out that. All right. So Eli, right? Yeah. So. I, I kind of think there was like no way out. If you think at the end of the Sopranos, not everybody was going to be happy, right? You know, if he got <laughs> arrested, if he got killed, if he got, uh, if he flipped, I mean, someone was going to be pissed. And so that's why I think it was great the way the show ended because uh, it's how everyone interprets it. But uh, I like to think he lived. But so Eli, I think there was no happy way to do it. I would have hoped that Eli says, listen, I got number two on the all-time starts. I'm not going to catch one. Um, I'm not the future. You got to see what you got in Davis Webb. Uh, I happen to think that, I personally think that Geno's not that bad. Um, and I always think of new surroundings uh, helping somebody sometimes. And it might be the case with him. We know he's got a, a great arm. We know he's, he's not uh, a running quarterback, but he's at least mobile. He can maybe... You know, he's quicker than Eli, and Eli, and I love, who doesn't love Eli for what he did? He could never do any wrong in my my book. But two playoff appearances um, or two runs, maybe another one in there, uh, all the years that he's been here. But the the, the fumbles and the missed throws, uh, which is starting to get to me, and the sacks, and uh, it just started, you know, wearing me because not always, you know, he's had a lot of tip balls. He's had a lot of drop passes. But um, the thing is, is that if we don't know what we have in Webb or even Geno Smith for next year, we draft a quarterback. If we do say, hey, these guys are workable or Webb has got command of the huddle, he can make the throws, he moves around in the pocket, uh, let's go for that uh, Saquon Barkley, who probably won't be there, he'll be at 49ers. Uh, let's go for the left tackle. Let's go for a, a pure, great middle linebacker. Let's use it somewhere else. So that was my – I wasn't – you know, I was, you, hate, you hate to see an end of an era with Eli, but, um, you know, it, it was time in my book, and that's how I feel about it. And uh, anybody just joining us, we're joined here by Joe Ganascoli, known as Vito, uh, probably for everybody uh, from The Sopranos. Uh, Joe's website, fanfesto.com. With the holidays coming up, there's tons of good things on there. Inflatable lawn helmets I saw, uh, the salt lamps, garden hose, and the LED uh, house light. Uh, you can decorate your house with your favorite team. 
a uh, lot of good things on there you should check out for the holidays. Joe, I just and want of to uh, my skin. Know, my skin. And yes, the skins. I sent you the picture of uh, of mine. It's yeah. on my Poland Spring cooler upstairs, supporting the Rangers, uh, supporting the cause. Um, Joe, I just want to ask you though. You mentioned Geno Smith. We're not benching Eli Manning for Davis Webb for the rookie. It's for Geno Smith, who you said you happen to think is a is a pretty good player. He's a free agent at the end of the year, and he can't possibly be in the Giants' long term plans. Wouldn't you think if you're going to bench Eli Manning, it should be for the kid? Well. Obviously, they weren't preparing him for this, uh, so he wasn't even ready. And if he was getting snaps with the number one, people would have started talking. So here's another thing, and I'm not saying it would have happened, but Giants were the only team to ever start a black quarterback. If he would have got skipped over and went to the, uh, to Davis Webb, people might have, you know, there's always somebody is going to say, what's with this? They never started a black quarterback, and now he gets skipped over. He's been in camp. He's been a good soldier. And he's not even getting a shot. What's up with that? So I think I had to show him respect, too, uh, by starting him. And if he falters, if he's the old Geno, then, you know, Davis, he gets through the game. Davis gets all the reps, and then he gets thrown into the fire. You know, you think about all the great guys. Like, look what happened to Babe Ruth, right? He wanted to be manager, and they shipped him off to the Boston Braves. Uh, there's got to be other players that were, had a great Eddie Jockerman, although he wasn't, you know, um, you know, he was a New York icon. Uh, there's other been there's been other uh, great players for teams spent their whole career there, and then got dumped. I mean, it happens. I mean, that's the uh, that's that sports, you know. And everybody's replaceable. Uh, you learn that in any in any walk of life. So uh, that's how I feel about why Gino got to start. It's surprising that you bring up the uh, black quarterback thing. You really think they would make a decision like that based on the guy's race? And what give, what makes you think Geno Smith is good at football in any way? Because I think the guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, and listen, he's proven that he does. He's had, had uh, you know, uh, years, and he's made uh, poor decisions with the interceptions. And But, again, I've seen, we've seen that plays with everybody that, uh, you know, the, the, the spotlight of uh, changes once they get different surroundings. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It may happen. And did I think that the black decision, because he's a black quarterback, that was the decision? I don't know. I doubt it. But, you know, that maybe someone thought of it. You know, we've never had one. Maybe someone will start bringing it up. Who knows? Uh, I'm willing to give the guy a shot. At this point, you know, what do we got to lose? You know, we're 2-9 for we're uh, – Two and ten. Who cares? Um, I don't know. So oh, they got five more games happens. to lose. <laughs> yeah, got five more games to lose, and I'm sure that uh, he's faced the Oakland Raiders a little more than uh, uh, Davis Webb has. Matter of uh, fact, I know that. Sixteen over the top sports radio. So maybe it's more about how it was done, Joe. That maybe has Giants fans so upset in the way that. Eli Manning looks like he was disrespected by the organization. And you heard this week, uh, John Mara, the owner, looked like there was a little bit of disconnect between him and Ben McAdoo. I think that's where a lot of the anger is. Uh, so maybe I don't disagree with you as much about, hey, giving these guys a chance to play. What do they have to lose? You're right. They have nothing to lose. This season's a lost season anyway. But it's more about this team that's supposed to be a first-class organization. And it seems like, once again, like they did with Tom Coughlin, they're doing one of their icons wrong in an embarrassing way. Yeah, I, listen, uh, it probably wasn't done in the best way, but uh, I, I wouldn't think, and I, Eli was right, I don't want to start the game just for the record and then come out. You know, it's not fair to me, it's not fair to him. So, 
that to me made sense. McAdoo, you know, I want to be Belichick with the these press conferences. Not even uh, uh, not even close. And uh, he's just not uh, media savvy. And you know, it's probably where he's from, where he grew up, where he was in Green Bay. It's just a different animal. Uh, the thing that always bothered me with McAdoo was that, given what Odell, given uh, you know, sort of that the weapons he might have had, that I never saw this offensive guru, this guru that he was supposed to be, you know, and, and that drove me nuts too because I didn't see you know razzle dazzle, different formations, confusing the uh, defense. Uh, you know, stuff that you don't see, even like, you know, a bubble screen. I saw a bubble screen work for the Giants or a reverse. Not that you got to go to that all the time and, you know, quarterback option, halfback option. Although I think Odell was a quarterback. Or yeah, he runs the West Coast yeah. offense when you have the quarterback who's been in the league for 10 years. Uh, I never liked that. And we all didn't like Kevin Gilbride. I would have took him back in a heartbeat. At least he took some shots Kevin- downfield. The Giants have a very conservative <laughs> offense. And then he makes some stupid decisions like going for it on fourth down instead of taking the points all the time. The guy's one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, McAdoo, you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. He wouldn't give up the plays. I mean, obviously he couldn't do it, man. A lot, So many coaches do do it. I mean, Gruden does it. Uh, never mind McCarthy. You think he would have learned, but he couldn't handle it. Uh, and listen, I am not, uh, while we're talking about Giants, I am not a big, huge Odell fan. Yeah, he's great but so was Moss, so was Daryl Owens, so was uh, a million other guys. Not maybe with his much talent, but I think that – and that was partly due with Coughlin, too. Let him get away with what he got away with. And uh, I think that T was allowed to do that, but there's only one LT. Yeah. And yeah, and that, we completely – Let him – yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, we completely agree with you with the uh, with the Odell sentiment. And uh, when Ben McAdoo called out Eli after game two this season uh, with the Lions and then just, you know, allowed Odell to do everything that he did, uh, it just didn't seem right. Um, I would uh, regret it if I didn't ask you at least one Sopranos question while we have you on. Uh, can you just share working with James Gandolfini and, uh, and your character, how you presented it to David Chase on making uh, Pito gay and you had read that from a book. And I mean, just the whole backstory to it is remarkable. Uh, you know, I saw an interview where you said James Gandolfini came to you and said, listen, you're from Brooklyn. If you're not comfortable doing this, uh, you don't have to do it. But it was your idea and you stuck by it. Can you just speak to that for a few seconds? Sure. Well, Jimmy was a, uh, uh, you know, a tremendous guy to work with. I, I always said all along, which I was excoriated by a cast member, that, uh, I wasn't close to him, but he touched me in several different ways. He came to my restaurant in Brooklyn to do when he was sick as a dog to do a, a signing and meet uh, a lot of his fans and, and Soprano fans and my customers that came in. Uh, he uh, spoke at my wedding, and which was very nice things he had to say. And he also said, listen, if you're not comfortable doing this. So I did have you know a little more than affinity of just general working with him a few times we and I was around him a lot I had a big season so uh he was a you know a, a complete gentleman a regular down to earth great guy and uh, you know it was just uh, very terrible what it, uh, what had uh, happened uh I uh read a book uh called Murder Machine about a crew from Brooklyn um and one of those guys were gay and I brought it to one of the writers and I said listen this is very interesting you never get to see it I'd be willing to do it, um, and they 
took the book and nothing really happened for like a year and a half, two years. And then they killed a guy in Jersey for being gay, but that probably wasn't it. It had probably to do with money. It usually does. <laughs> and that's when they said they were going to, uh, uh, you know, do something with it. And I says, uh, I said to Jimmy when he says, you know, you don't have to do this. I said, look, if I was just going to do this thing with the security guards and that's it, and that, you know, I, that doesn't mean anything. But if they do like a storyline with it and something, then and then that makes it worth my while because. You know, it shows, it gives you a chance to do some acting. You know, anybody can play the tough guy. I mean, I've been around those guys my whole life, and um, that's easy to do. You want to do something challenging as an actor. So they said, not this year, but next year is going to be a big year for you. And I trusted them, and the way they took the character, I mean, I know, it changed my life, and uh, I was very happy with it. And, uh, Joe, we're very happy that you were able to join us today. I, uh, we truly appreciate it. We hope to talk to you again. Uh, you know, maybe we'll talk after they fire Ben McAdoo. But thank you for joining us. For everybody listening, Joe's website, fanfesto.com. A uh, lot of great things for the holidays. Inflatable lawn helmets, the bottle skins, which he mentioned and I mentioned. I have one upstairs. It gets rid of that stupid-looking Poland spring bottle or even your propane tank. The LED house light, garden hoses, salt lamps, everything with your favorite team's logo. Joe, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure, my pleasure. One last thing, my my dream uh, GM is probably uh, Scott Pioli, and then if they can get Harbaugh from Michigan, I'm down with that. He won't take any nonsense from Odell. Uh, I don't know if you can get him from Odell. I would trade him in a second and get some picks. Trade down if we finish at three or four or five, trade down. Let those teams go for a quarterback if we don't need one. Keep getting picks, picks, picks. That's what I want. I'm That's with it, you there, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. That would be a dream team, Paoli and uh, Harbaugh. Uh, Joseph Ganascoli on Over the Top Sports Radio. Once again, thanks to him for joining us. A lot of great insight and a couple of inside stories from The Sopranos, too. So a good get on the show. Uh, good job, I think, Mike, putting it together. And uh, luckily, we got the computer going, so we were able to get that on. It was a there good segment. Go. So uh, it's kind of like, you know, the, the South Park episode where the whole town has no Wi-Fi, and all of a sudden <laughs> Kyle realizes, hey, Unplug it and plug it back in. Sometimes you just got to restart the computer there, Goon. Uh, so uh, uh, hit you with some uh, Sopranos on the way out. We'll be back and we'll rewrap up. Uh, we will start to talk about week 13 in the NFL in just a moment.
1125 over the top sports radio live on blog talk live on Facebook live as well. Um, big show today. A lot of Eli Manning talk, a little bit of uh, Yankees talking, of course, college football, Vinny, the sharks picks up on Twitter, get them in before the game start, especially the teasers. You don't want to miss out because the first game started already. Um, make that money. Last time you'll, you'll really be able to do this until uh, next year because it's all bowl season after this. But right now, I've got to look ahead to week 13 of the NFL. Um, huge week for a lot of teams going on. Um, and uh, we'll start with the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, Vikings and Falcons, this is a game that, if you ask me, great game. Um, great game, probably game of the day. I wish this was a 425 game where you had less games to worry about watching with it. I'd rather watch that over Giants Rangers, but – Vikings take the nine and two record into Atlanta, where the resurgent Falcons are at home and trying to go to eight and four. Yeah, like you said, Rob, great game. Can't wait to see it. Uh, spread still says Atlanta giving three. Uh, I'll take Atlanta here. Listen, they just uh, they're starting to click offensively. They're starting to look better. I think the Vikings are due for a loss. Um, I, I hope not because of the whole Case Keenum thing. Again, this week you saw Mike Zimmer come out and say uh, it's a week by week thing, which is just absolutely ridiculous if you ask me. I'll take the Falcons. Uh, on a fantasy note, Devontae Freeman is back, and he will not be limited in the game. It's going to be a good one. The Vikings are looking for their eighth straight victory with Case Keenum at the helm. That was my boy all year. I've been digging him. But the Falcons have really seemed to come around. And this is going to be a tight game because I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, the Falcons have looked a lot sharper to get Devontae Freeman back. And I don't know. How, he said he's not going to be limited, but I don't, right. I don't know how well he's going to be. Uh, Mike, you probably know better than me in that regard. But I'm going to roll with the Vikings here. I'm going to keep rolling with them, especially – I know they're not home. I know I love them at home. I'm just going to keep rolling with them until they lose. Skull Vikings, they're my NFC pick. I'm going to keep going with them. And Atlanta is due for another letdown. I know they've come around, but let's see if they uh, can keep it rolling. I don't think they do. I think the Vikings get the job done here. I've stuck with the Falcons all year through thick and thin. I'm going to stay with them again. I think that at home that they get uh, – find a way to get the win. The offense started going last week. Having Devontae Freeman is only going to help him. Listen, on Monday night, we talked about how Tevin Coleman was so great and how he's going to be a fantasy must-start. Until Freeman's back, well, Freeman's back now. So now it's a little bit iffy. How are they going to use the two of them? Listen, if they use them like they did last year and they get that running game going, we saw what Julio Jones could do. They're at home. I think the Vikings, they're a good road team, but their defense is a different beast at home. I expect a lot of points in this game. I like the Falcons to win and cover the three-point spread. Uh, move to eight and four. Um, which is a game that they must have. The Vikings can get away with a loss. Great uh, Falcons showdown. To win this game. Sorry to interrupt you. Great showdown, too. Xavier Rhodes, Julio Jones following a 200-yard matchup. That should be interesting to see as that well. That should be one of the great showdowns of the year as well. Um, uh, moving on, uh, and Mike, Mike told me before I didn't get it on the air, but Alshon Jeffrey, he signed a four-year, $52 million yeah. extension. That's some breaking news this morning with the Eagles. Um, so him and Carson Wentz will be together for the next couple of years. Um, trouble for the NFC East. Um, but uh, he's going to have a million-dollar incentives. $27 million of that 52 is guaranteed. He'll be the number one receiver in Philadelphia for a very long time now, and uh, he's done a good job so far this year. Um, he was injured a little bit this week, but he's he going to play now, play, and he yeah. was good enough to put pen to paper, and that's all that matters in the NFL. That's why you play. Uh, move to the NFC, or the AFC East, rather. Uh, Patriots look to do it again. They are in Buffalo. The Bills coming off of a crazy you know, win. I don't know what to expect from the Bills. I know there's no Nate Peterman this week. I don't think it matters. But if Nate Peterman had gotten the start against Bill Belichick, what would have happened? What do you think that spread would be? I, I say the half without him. It might be 16-17 right now. Uh, I take I like New England, obviously. Uh, the spread makes me a little nervous, though, Vinny. It's only 8.5. I would have thought maybe 10. I know it's a road game. But uh, the difference between the two teams, to me, is, is dramatic. So 
I'll take New England eight and a half and I'll even lay it. Yeah, it is a division road game and that explains the spread. I love the spread though. <laughs> I don't see the Bills winning at all. This is the GOAT we're going up against. Tom Brady is going to get the job done once again, as he always does. Love the Patriots in this game and they will advance their winning streak because they got a battle with Pittsburgh for that number one uh, seed in the AFC. Tom Brady on pace for 38 touchdowns, six interceptions this year and almost 5,000 yards. He's doing it 40 years old. I was talking about it yesterday with uh, Jamie over at News 12, uh, sports anchor. I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is and how much he's doing. This guy is 40 years old, putting up awesome Hall of Fame-type numbers, hasn't slowed down a bit. They get the win. They also cover the spread in Buffalo. The Bills move to 6-6. Six and six. It's a game the Bills must have. I could see them staying in it early, but the GOAT is going to take over. As long as these guys are healthy and Brady's at the helm, I'm taking him almost every time. Uh, crappy game, doesn't deserve much time. 49ers and Bears, they're on at 1 o'clock. Bears, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites. It's um, not Beathard anymore. It's Garoppolo. That's a big thing to watch if you're uh, watching the game. If you want to think about fantasy for next year or something, or if you're a 49ers fan, um, we've been waiting to see Garoppolo get a start for years now. He's finally going to really get that shot. Yeah, I like Vinny's, uh, Vinny's Bears here. Trubisky at home, uh, just played better at home. I'm interested to see what Garoppolo does. I like Garoppolo. I think he's actually going to be a pretty good quarterback. I think the 49ers were smart to go out and get him. As far as the game goes, I like the Bears at home, just a different animal. I'm hoping for the Giants' sake that Jimmy G gets the win here for the 49ers. And who knows how good the quarterback is, like you mentioned, Rob. We have not seen much of him. We've seen him in the Patriots system, and we obviously know what a great system that is. So it's going to be interesting here. i got to go with my boy Trubisky because that's my boy, so I'm going to hold out for him. And I think the Bears get the job done over here at home and pick up the W. The spread, though, uh, it's a game I'm not touching. I love Jawan Howard in, in Daily Fantasy. The 49ers' run defense is terrible. They're doing it on the road. It's going to be nice weather in Chicago, which you don't normally get in December, so I'm all over the Bears here. Um, I do like Garoppolo uh, long-term. I don't know if I like him. He's only been in the system for three weeks or so. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to know the system too well. And he doesn't have a lot of playmakers around him, so I'm going to go with the Bears, and I'm going to have them cover the spread at home. Um, let's go from Chicago to Green Bay. It's a pretty, uh, pretty quick flight. Uh, which Packers team is going to show up, guys? Uh, we saw what they did against the Steelers on Sunday night. They're at home against the terrible Buccaneers defense. Uh, can Brett Hundley really expose them? Jameis Winston, by the way, back in the lineup for Tampa Bay. Love the Packers here. Let me read you guys a stat. The Bucks allow 15.2 points at home, and they allow 31 on the road, which is tied for the league worst. Give me the Packers all day. I'll buy into it again. Brett Hundley. As much as I like Jameis coming back here, that Tampa Bay defense is trash, and the Packers look pretty impressive against the Steelers. And the last time they were home, they didn't score a single point. So they got to make it up to their home crowd over there. Very loyal fans there. I like the Packers to get the job done. Jordy Nelson was dropped in my fantasy league last week, not picked up on waivers this week. Um, How the mighty have fallen under Brett Hundley. I don't think it matters this week, though. I don't like Tampa Bay. I'm off that bandwagon. This is not hard knocks Tampa Bay that I saw. Uh, This is not Aaron Rodgers' Packers, but a win in there, 6-6. They still have something that they're fighting for. I agree with you guys. Green Bay all the way. They're going to cover the spread. They're going to get the win as well. AFC South matchup, uh, Texans and Titans this one. Uh, the Titans look to go 8-4, and four, put themselves in really, really good position in that division. So last six games, DeMarco Murray, 2.45 yards on 73 carries. Last six games, Henry, 4.69 on 71 yards carries. Yards per carry? Yards per carry. So almost equal carries. Uh, Henry's just doing it dramatically better here. I like the Titans to get it done. Uh, it's a home game. As far as the spread goes, it's iffy. But, uh, listen, they're a bad seven-win team. I think they'll get it done tomorrow. You ain't kidding. That's a bad seven-win team, and they're going to be a bad eight-win team because the <laughs> Texans quarterback is Tom Savage, so I will not go with them there. 
The Titans haven't impressed me. No one in that division has impressed me. I mean, the Jags impressed me just out of, out of an expectation step, uh, standpoint. But I just got to go with the Titans strictly because Tom Savage is the Texans quarterback. I hate that division. And whoever makes the playoffs, whether it's the Titans and the Jaguars, or the Jaguars or the Titans, they're losing the first round of the playoffs. I've been waiting for a Marcus Mariota breakout game all season long. Every time I think he's going to have it, I've called it on the show. I've been wrong. It hasn't happened. I don't know if it's going to happen again, but there's no way I'm picking Tom Savage over Mariota in Mariota's house. 65 degrees and sunny is the weather there in Tennessee. This is not your typical December weather. So you're going to see some higher scoring games than you normally would in December. Uh, but I agree. The Titans are going to get the win. I have a feeling that they're going to cover the spread pretty easily. I don't like Savage to begin with. I sure as hell don't like him on the road. I agree with you, Mike, about DeMarco Murray. The thing about that and the Derrick Henry thing is, though, Derrick Henry doesn't play on passing down. So DeMarco Murray is still a little bit valuable in these PPR, excuse me, PPR leagues against these soft defenses. Um, but that's just my opinion right there. Another AFC matchup, two terrible teams. Um, the Broncos, who I thought would be terrible this year. And the Dolphins, who I thought would be better than they are. So a team I was wrong about, a team I was kind of right about. They meet in Miami. Denver, though, it's interesting. Their own five on the road, and somehow they're favorites in Miami. I'm not so sure that I understand that spread. So uh, love, love, love Kenyon Drake tomorrow. I think he's a top 15 play DFS season long. Denver's missing Wolf and Pecco and Williams, the running back on the Dolphins, I believe is out. So he it's going to be all Kenyon Drake. You know Cutler loves his little checkdowns. With that being said, for betting reasons, I will not pick the Dolphins. I'll take the Broncos, and I'll lay the one and a half. Big-time quarter, quarterback showdown here. Uh, the Broncos are a complete mess, and I do love Drake in Daily Fantasy. I'm going to go with the Dolphins at home. It's a low spread. They're actually getting points at home. I like that a lot. I don't really like this game to bet because the both teams suck. But the Dolphins are home, and uh, you got to roll with them there because the Broncos have just been a complete disaster since their loss to the Giants. And Tlaib is out this week, too, no? Tlaib is suspended. Yep. That is correct. Um, quick question on uh, Facebook Live for you, Mike. Uh, Bob asks, uh, speaking of the Bucks, Mike, uh, Stafford or Jameis, he is a win and in scenario in fantasy football. I think it has to be Stafford. You can't. Jameis was horrible before uh, the injury. Now he's coming back from a shoulder injury on the road. I don't think it turns into a shootout for them. I think that team stinks. Doug Martin is out with a concussion. Uh, I think I wouldn't be shocked if they start getting blown out and you see Fitzpatrick again. So I'm going Stafford. Yeah, I, I hadn't put much thought into that myself, but um, I, I don't know what to think of that Green Bay defense. Um, I don't know what to think about Jameis Winston. I'm not so sure I would start Jameis Winston either, though. Um, very short lease with him. They're not playing for anything. And uh, if they're in any bad position, they're not going to let their franchise court exactly It's also that time of the month where Matt Stafford starts sucking outside, but the weather's going to be pretty decent over there on the East Coast for everybody. I, I would go with uh, – I'm with you. I would go Stafford. I think he's just a safer Big Mike knows best. Yeah, let's, safer. You don't know what you're getting at, Jameis. I agree with you. 100%. Let's talk about that game. It is the Lions and Ravens. The Ravens' defense, though, they've had a tendency to show up in some of these games and all of a sudden shut out a team out of nowhere. They've shut out the Dolphins. they shut out the Packers. they shut out the Bengals. Um, so, with Stafford, can he get the job done as they meet today or tomorrow? I think he does. Like Vinny said, uh, you know, it's warmer weather. It's not your typical cold weather. I don't like the Ravens. I think they're inconsistent. I don't know which Ravens team is going to show up. Detroit has a lot of weapons. And I think Stafford, uh, you know, I, I read that he has the hand injury, but, you know, he's perfectly fine. A lot of weapons there. I'll take the Lions in a close game. You know, maybe a Prater field goal at the end. This is a really, really tough game. And it's actually a really, really important game. It's actually not getting enough credit. These are two six and five teams. And with the Falcons going out against the Vikings and the Panthers going out with the Saints, if the Lions can get a win here, that puts them one game back of these teams in the NFC race. If they lose here, 
they're really going to be trailing that their playoff hopes are going to be really, really dwindling. The Ravens are the current sixth seed. They got to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive and stay in there. It's going to be a really, really tight game. And I don't really know who's going to happen. I kind of think, I kind of like the Lions to steal it on the road too, myself, because I'm not a big backer and uh, Joe Flacco elite. I think man. they're getting points too. They're getting three. Three points yeah, on the road. Yeah. Lions, Lions getting the uh, points. Um, I, I got to go with the Lions here. I think it will be a close game though. And like I said, very underrated big game this week. I like the Ravens here. Um, I think that the Ravens are starting to put it together a little bit. Um, but I think even more, I just don't trust the Lions yet. I, something about the Lions I haven't been able to trust for a long time. They always let you down when you think they're going to win uh, when they get there. They lose this game and, and the Packers win. All of a sudden, they're tied with each other. And that's without Aaron Rodgers. Who's practicing? Uh, that's Russ. He's practicing. And he couldn't be eligible to miss just one more week after yep. this week. He could start in week 15. Um, so if you have not stashed him on your bench in fantasy, well, it's probably too late because there's got to be somebody smart in your league. Um, but to get back to the Ravens and Lions, I just think that the Ravens at home, they need this game. They know the opportunity that lies in front of them. The Bills are playing the Patriots. They can really start to open up a lead to get that wild card spot if they can get a win here today or tomorrow. I keep saying today, the game's tomorrow. Um, so I think that they're going to win. And uh, a three-point spread, I might as well have them covering too. And I just want to go on record with Rodgers. I think the Packers would be very, very stupid to bring him back at this point because pretty much the Packers' only hope of making the playoffs are winning out and getting help to do so. so even if he comes back, I don't think it's the right move for Green Bay. It's crazy that he can come back this quick. But even Aaron Rodgers can't help the Packers' season because they, they got to win out and get help, and I don't see it happening. And they have, a, they have a ton of injuries also. I mean, they just put Montgomery on the IR. That offensive line is all banged up too. So I agree with you, Vinny. For them to bring back your franchise player, the only player and reason why you actually win games, you would be an idiot. Uh, well, so they would be 6-6. Six and six. Uh, There's a chance if they got help, they'd only be one game out of the playoffs. But, I mean, um, look at the NFC. If they, so could get to, if they could get to 7-6, and six, or eight and six, you, you wouldn't bring back this guy with the chance to, to run the table, the best player in football? I think it's too unlikely. I think the, I think they have a very, very low chance of making the playoffs with or without Rodgers. I think we have to reserve. At least personally, I would reserve. I would keep him available until we get there and then oh, see yeah, what the situation is in week 15. That is 15. That's three weeks. You know, he could help them win three games. You never know what the situation is going to be. Just like college football, there have been so many upsets. You just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but they have to win this week. If they don't win this week, it's a moot point. Who cares? They have to win this week to even have a chance at that being an issue. Uh, and we'll see about that. And um, we'll talk about that Monday night as well. And we come to you live on Monday night. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jets and Chiefs game. We're going to have a special guest as well that knows a thing or two about the Chiefs. That's Larry Johnson, uh, former running back of the Kansas City Chiefs. He had two of the greatest fantasy football running back seasons in history. So we're going to talk to him on Monday night, blog talk radio, Facebook live, uh, and we will talk to him about this game. But let's preview the game right now, the Jets and the Chiefs. The game's at MetLife Stadium. The Chiefs own one there already this season <laughs> with their loss being against the Giants. The Jets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Yeah, so real quick, Rob, like you mentioned with Larry Johnson, when we posted that on Facebook, he was joining us. Two people immediately said he won me uh, my fantasy league that year. So you were right on with that. Those seasons he put up were ridiculous. Uh, can't wait for Monday. As far as this game goes, must win for the Chiefs. Uh, must win here. No Sharkandrick West. If Kareem Hunt, I said it last week and it didn't happen, and probably the week before, if he's ever going to have a game, it's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. So it has, I'm to on, be. it has to be. I'm on the Kareem Hunt train again. I like the Chiefs here. I put them in high in the confidence. They'll get the job done. 
Larry Johnson was a top fantasy football pick for a couple of years. He had two 1,700-yard seasons, 20 TDs in one of those years. And, and I believe, and I believe, on the ground anymore. And I believe that he had four or 500 yards receiving that season, those seasons too. He, he had over 2,000 yards. He's an absolute monster. He's going to be a great guest Monday. We appreciate him coming on. I like the Chiefs to finally snap their skid here against the Jets. I obviously need the Jets to lose out the rest of the year. <laughs> the Chiefs got to get right the ship. Kareem Hunt's got to right the ship. They got to get these things going because that AFC West, they had it in their hands. They were running away with it, and now they are not. They got to start getting uh, getting going. I think this is the game they start doing it, but I think it's not going to be as easy as everyone thinks because the Jets have been competitive and beating themselves, and I think they might uh, dysfunction again this week. I, lo- I got to like the Chiefs winning this game. And I think the line tells you it's not going to be as easy as a lot of people does, think. Right. Only three and a half points. This is a Chiefs team that started 5-0. and They've lost five of their last six ever since. Um Mike, I agree with you that this is the week for Kareem Hunt to do it. I don't agree that it's going to happen. The Jeff's defensive front, they've been decent against the run. If Hunt's going to have a big game, it's going to have to be maybe in the passing game with some receptions. I actually like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to really be the big guys to stretch the field for the Chiefs. I think that they'll get the job done. They won't have to worry about the weather and the the wind like they did against the Giants a couple weeks back. 52 degrees and partly cloudy is the weather. Uh, Low-scoring game. I don't know. I think that I, I think that that over under is low, forty three and a half. Because you know what? Like it or not, the Chiefs' defense is thirty first in the league. They're terrible against the pass. Robbie Anderson, a must start now yes. in fantasy football, right, yes. Mike? And still pretty good value in DFS. People have not caught on. Five straight games with the touchdown. He's developed something with Josh McCown. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I it would have laughed at you, but the games that he's put together, the stretches that he's put together, and the consistency that he's put together, he is a must-start wide receiver, too, in fantasy. Yeah. And I got to say, I do like the under. The Chiefs have not cracked 20 points in the last four games. Yeah, those those streaks have a way of finding themselves, like, uh, lately in, in these weird games in the weird NFL, including what the Bills did in Kansas City, because nobody saw that coming. These teams playing for pride. Dallas Thursday night. I just feel like all of a sudden they break out in a way, and I think that – I don't know. I have something fishy about that line. I like the over, but I think the Chiefs find a way to get the win. I agree with you, Vinny. I don't think it will be as easy as people think, though. Uh, people see the two names. You know what? If the Jets win, they have the same record as the Chiefs, right? They both have five wins. Oh, uh, they'd, be they'd, be they'd be one game behind the Chiefs. They'd be, yeah, but that should never be the case this late in the season with these two teams yep. and the talent pools. Um, but here's my team. Uh, four o'clock slate gets underway at 4.05. <laughs> Will this be the week that Mike gets eliminated from his prediction? If he does, the San Diego now Los Angeles Chargers, who are 14-point favorites at home, will be back at 500 after the terrible start to the season. Yeah, the Chargers are going to win this game. Uh, I was dead wrong thinking the Browns wouldn't get five wins. It's not I don't happen. think you really fully meant that. I don't think you're having some <laughs> no, fun with the bold <laughs> prediction. A little bit, but I actually did think that uh, you know they would have a couple wins by now. Listen, the big story here for me is besides the Chargers winning, Josh Gordon is back, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, you know, he came out with all these articles. He was playing high. He was playing drunk. I mean, what's this guy going to do sober? Uh, you know, he really could have a good day if Kaiser can get him the ball. I think the Chargers win. I think the Chargers cover. I think it's a blowout game for them, and Rivers could probably be pulled uh, for Kellen Clemens again in the fourth. Believe it or not, I like the Browns a lot to cover the spread. I don't think I know the Chargers have been playing a lot better football, but I don't think they're worthy enough to be giving that many points to any team. I think that's a huge spread. Uh, the Browns do deserve disrespectful spreads like that, but I like the Browns to cover this. I'm not going to say they're going to win because I truly believe they're going to be the next 0-16 team in NFL history. Uh, Chargers win, but they, I like the Browns to cover, and I like them to cover a lot. I think you make a good point, Vinny. It's a little tricky to me. I mean, a 5-6 and six team is 14-point favorites. You don't see that very Five often. Points. And I've been on the Chargers all year, and I think the Chargers are going to win. I always worry, too, about this 14-point spread with that backdoor cover. 
with Josh Gordon breaking one free with three minutes left, and all of a sudden the 31 to, you know, 14 game is 31-21 or 31-20, something like that, in the backdoor cover. Um, with a team that's not that great defensively, uh, the Chargers, especially in the secondary, I like them against the run. I like their defensive front. But I think they get to win, and that's the most important part. They get to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They stay alive in the AFC West and in the AFC wild card game. And the Browns, what can you say about the Browns? You put it the best way. They're going to be 0-16. And, and it's just, you know, when you think you have it bad as a Giants fan, at least we're not the Browns because uh, it could be worse. Uh, that's at 4.05, the two main games at the 4 o'clock uh, hour. Uh, the NFC game, maybe it is the game of the day, along with that Falcons-Vikings game, because the Saints and Panthers game has enormous, enormous implications on the playoff race. I love the Saints here. I think it opened at 3.5. It's now up to 5. Absolutely love the Saints. Um, Crowley, the other corner, is supposed to come back. Lattimore is supposed to come back, but didn't practice yesterday, so I would keep an eye on that. Greg Olson hasn't practiced all week. I think they're idiots if they bring him back, even though uh, Ron Rivera said that he could play, even though he hasn't practiced. I just think that the Saints are a better team. It's at home. They're coming off a loss. The Panthers are coming off a game where they really didn't play well. Cam Newton didn't show me anything. It was more of the Jets being the Jets and costing uh, themselves that game. Absolutely love the Saints here. With how great the Saints have been this year, they could fall under the Carolina Panthers, who are the most quiet eight-win team of the season. And I suck. I don't think they're as good as their record illustrates. That's for sure. They had a tough uh, week against the Jets. They really should have lost that uh, week. Uh, but I love the Saints here. Uh, rebound uh, after a loss to the Rams. That now they got another big game. Back-to-back huge games. I like the Saints in their dome to get it done. Uh, I think a big game from Breeze will happen. I think Kamara will continue to be a stud because he's been the rookie of the year, if you ask me over there. I think they have both the rookie of the years, as I mentioned last week, in Lattimore on defense and Kamara on offense. I like the Saints at home to beat the Panthers, 100%. I like the Saints, and I need the Saints because I need a good game out of Drew Brees to help me advance to the playoffs in my main fantasy league. Um, I've hated the Panthers all season. Um, give them respect. Uh, give them their credit. They're an eight-win team despite all the things that I think are wrong with that franchise and that team. Um, but if uh, you, they go into New Orleans tomorrow and pull out this big upset, I would be very shocked. Um, Kamara, like you said, he, he's the guy. Um, not so sure Drew Brees is going to beat teams with the deep ball anymore. But Ingram, Kamara catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I see that, that, that that's what they're going to get it done. I do think they cover the spread as well. And if you're a Falcon fan, I think you want the Panthers to win because the Falcons get to play Saints two more times than the Panthers at the end of the year. So that, that tight NFC South, one of these teams are going to win nine games uh, after this week, and the Falcons don't want to fall behind two games to them, and they got to face the Saints two more times. I just want to throw that out there for Nas's Dirty Birds. Yeah, Nas, uh, we miss you, Nas. Um, another 425 game. Big Mike uh, scared him away. <laughs> I love you, Nas. Rams and Cardinals. Uh, this is just a big game for, for the Rams. Can they get the win against the Cardinals on the road? The seven-point road favorites, uh, I think that they'll probably get it done. What do you guys think? I think they get it done. Listen, Blake Gabbard's actually been pretty good. Uh, give him some credit there. AP is questionable. AP is a game-time decision. They actually promoted a running back, D.J. Foster, the former Patriot running back. Arizona uh, State. Yep, from their practice squad onto the roster. Uh, I would keep an eye on that if you have AP. I think the Rams get it done, and I think the Rams will probably with a backdoor late cover. As much as I love division game home dogs, I don't see the Cardinals being too competitive in this game. I'm not a big believer in Blaine Gabbard, who's actually surprised me. He's played a lot better. You're right. But I like the Rams to roll. I, I really think they're not going to be stopped this week. Uh, their offense is great. Goff's had it in tremendous year. And I, I think the Rams will win, and I think they will cover, but they might cover as a back end, just out of respect to the division home dog. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Rams get it done. They're, they're, in a, um, they're in a dome, so there's no elements out there, so they can be – 
the fastest show on turf part two, if you will, uh, with Gurley and Goff. Uh, they do miss Robert Woods. Uh, Sammy Watkins did do a good job filling in last week. Uh, Cup is not bad. I like him in a PPR DFS league, too. He yep. showed last week how good he could be as number two wide receiver. I think they get the job done. I'm not a Cardinals fan. Uh, Gabbert has been good, Mike. You're right about that. But good for Gabbert isn't really good for the NFL. And this is a game that the Rams, they need a little bit of a bounce back here. Get to 9-3. and three. I think they get the job done. Uh, we talked enough about the Giants today, but we do have to preview the game. Uh, this is a must-win for the Raiders if they want any chance to get back in that division race, which is wide open with the way that the Chiefs have played. Uh, the Raiders should get a cupcake. Think about this. No Crabtree, no Cooper, no Odell, no Brandon Marshall. Look at the guys that should have been playing in this yep. game. Um, no Eli Manning. Can't forget him. You looked at the game early in the season on the schedule. This should have been a shootout with the over-under about 49 or 50 maybe. Now it's at 41 and a half because nobody's playing. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? Uh, I see Alex Rodriguez on TV. He's getting you excited. Yep, 12 and 0 in those college picks. Uh, perfect. Anyway, Giants, uh, eight-point dogs in Oakland against the Vegas, soon-to-be Vegas Raiders. Uh, ben McAdoo says he has a game play with Geno Smith. You have to take him for his – I'm just kidding. I'm all <laughs> over the Raiders here. Uh, I think they cover the spread actually pretty easily. I hope Geno Smith gets rocked by Cleo Mack 15 times, and that's nothing against Geno Smith. It's just, uh, listen, this team sucks. I, let's go Raiders. Let me ask you guys this. What if the Giants win this game? Nothing. Then means nothing. What, what do you think of that? How do you think that makes Eli look? It depends on what Gino does. How do they win it? You know? They're not winning the game. Gino Smith, heroic fourth quarter. They're not winning this game. They him in the preseason. It's not going to happen. But no. you're 100% right. They ain't winning this game. Gino Smith's their quarterback. Screw the Giants organization <laughs> for throwing Eli under the bus. I can't stand that move. Very disrespectful. Gino, I hope you break your leg out there. I can't stand You me. are awarded the <laughs> stupid idiot of the week. Stupid idiot of the week. Not for the first time. Um, I see uh, uh, I see a big Marshawn Lynch game again. Jared Cook. Another Marshawn Lynch game. Jared Cook's been very quiet. The Giants, uh, the Giants shut down uh, Vernon Davis last week, but Jared Cook's the number one receiver. No Janoris Jenkins for the Giants out there either. Um, it'll be an ugly game. Any game that Geno Smith starts an ugly game, right, guys? Uh, so this is going to be all Marshawn Lynch. Giants players were talking this week about how hard it is to tackle him. It takes four guys to bring him down. You know, the last time the Giants played Marshawn was in Seattle. He had 100, 100-something yards and four touchdowns, if you guys remember that, in 2015 or 13. Or it was something like that. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to have that kind of performance again. I don't know if he has it in him. He's going to have a big game. Look for Jalen Rashard out of the backfield with him as well as a pass-catching option without the two top receivers for the Raiders. Um, Giants suck. They're not going to win this game. I'm not picking them again this year. I'm not picking Geno Smith ever to beat anybody, especially Derek Carr on the road. That wraps up the early day in the NFL. Late game tomorrow night. A good one in the NFC, an important one in the NFC. A lot of people are now, they were so high on the Eagles. Now they're starting to get down on them because of what their schedules. They go into Seattle tomorrow against the hurt Seattle's defense, but with the chance to have a real show me win on NBC tomorrow night. Uh, listen, this is going to be actually a pretty good game for some NFL football. And I'm on the Eagles here. I, I believe in the Eagles. I think defense is underrated. I've been preaching that to you guys. And even what they've done at running back, they now have three to four good running backs that they rotate in that can catch the ball, that can go for the long run, and that can pound you, uh, you know, even when you just need a yard. I'm all in on the Eagles here. I think they get the job done. Yeah, the Eagles seem to just keep finding weapons and just – just another person steps up each Clement, week. Out of nowhere. Up, yep, out of nowhere they had this guy, Clement, and he's been a monster. He's actually been up some solid fantasy numbers for people out there. But I think the Eagles had a slap-on-the-wrist uh, schedule this year. 
looking at their schedule, the best team they faced was the Chiefs Week 2, where they lost to, and then Carolina. And because look, I'm going to read it all after you. They played Washington, Kansas City, Giants, Chargers, Cardinals, Panthers, Redskins, 49ers, uh, Broncos, Cowboys, Bears. Not a hard schedule at all. Now they have a final. They finally have a test here in the NFC. This is a playoff caliber game in Seattle. I like Seattle to get the W here, and I love them getting the points. I like Seattle to cover at least a five-point favorite, five-point dogs home. at home. When was the last time they were in prime time? Yeah. In bad weather, it's supposed to be raining in the 40 degrees there. Listen, Russell Wilson's not getting a lot of love for the job he's done this year. He's been a borderline fantasy MVP. He's been awesome. He's doing it without a line. He's doing it without a running game. He's doing it without a great year out of Doug Baldwin, who's having an okay year, but he's not having a Doug Baldwin year from years past. He's he's having a great year. I can't see them losing by a touchdown to the Eagles at home. Then listen, you have to take a late cover into play here as well. That's what Russell Wilson can do. He's going to bring the ball downfield if they're down 12 points late to get it close and get the push or something. So I love the Seahawks here. I like the Eagles. Listen, we talked about it last week. They are the best team in the NFL against the spread. Um, and I took them last week because of that stop, and they covered again. Um, I've been on the Car- Carson Wentz's jock all year. I've been on their jock. They're going to win the NFC East, and they almost did. And I wonder what the line would be if the Cowboys had lost Thursday night and they had already wrapped up the NFC East. Well, would it be any different? That What's that? They still got to play for the I bye, know, but there's something a little mental once you win the division and three days later have to play a big game on the road. I just want – I know we're running out of time here. Who's going to run the ball for Seattle? Uh, the offensive line stinks. Their kicking game stinks. And now you're facing arguably the best team in the NFL. I understand the five points, but I think you guys are just attracted to that, uh, that extra guy out in Seattle. And, uh, <laughs> it's such a bad place to play. Well, you're missing uh, Camp Chancellor. You're missing Richard Sherman. The Bobby Wagner's banged up. Earl Thomas is banged up. And I listen, I think you guys are uh, you're living in the past here with, uh, you know, Seattle at home. Mine is just more of a, a love affair that I have with the season Russell Wilson's having. And he's just having a great season. I believe he is ranked number one in most fantasy formats. I know in my fantasy league, he's the number one ranked fantasy player. Yeah, I could look it up. And I know fantasy and reality are way two different things. Sometimes a great fantasy guy doesn't necessarily translate to wins on the field. Odell Beckham, right. great fantasy guy. Hasn't helped the Giants win Jack at all. Uh, look I at agree the, with both of you, though, Russell Wilson. And I would say, Vinny, uh, how you say Aaron Rodgers is to Green Bay. I think you can make the argument that Russell Wilson is to Seattle almost what Aaron Rodgers is to Green Bay. If this team did not have Russell Wilson, you would be looking at a disaster. That's fair. Um, let's look. Uh, I don't want free agents. I just want all players. So, uh, yeah, total points in my league. Russell Wilson's number one. Carson Wentz number two. So these are the top two quarterbacks. Uh, listen, everybody has different scoring systems, but usually in quarterbacks, it's That's pretty much the same. Right there, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is up there. Don't forget, he had the extra game this right. week to jump in there as well. Uh, but it, it's a quarterback-heavy league. Uh, look, look at some of the names up there. The top non-quarterback is who? Todd Gurley? Yep. And yeah. then Brown. Todd Gurley so and then Antonio Brown. Brown is Gurley's their back-to-back 30-plus-point week. So, yeah, the, this there should be a lot of points in this game. And just in those type of games – I feel like whoever has the ball last, if they're down by multiple scores, is going to find a way to get in the end zone. I get scared as hell of that backdoor cover, and that's really, Mike, what I think. Maybe if you told me it was three points, I'd think differently. But as far as the spread goes, I love Seattle at home to cover a five-point spread. They don't get many of those. When's the last time they were five-point underdogs at home? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Nobody could. Yeah. It doesn't you'd happen. have to be you'd have to be a degenerate it to know that. It doesn't happen. But I guarantee it doesn't happen very often. Uh, there's your Sunday slate. Of course, as always, on Monday night, uh, we have Larry Johnson on the way, but we'll also preview Monday Night Football as well, uh, as we always do on our Monday Night Show. 
and uh, recap yesterday's action. Of course, we'll recap all the action in college football today. It's Steelers-Bengals on Monday night. Here's my little uh, cookie for Monday night. I'm actually on the Bengals because I think the Steelers played out to their competition. I, I, could see, I could see the Bengals at home with an upset because the Steelers on the road are not the same type of team. They're 5-1 and one on the road, but they just don't play as well. But what's interesting with that is they're going to know if the Patriots win or lost. So the, if the Patriots win, they know they got to keep up with the Pats. They're going to lose the number one seed in the AFC if they lose. So they'll know that they need to win. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Patriots so, aren't losing against that's Buffalo. That's true, 100%. Uh, 11.57, just a couple of minutes left on Over the Top Sports Radio. Uh, luckily, we got the uh, the technical difficulties out of the way. It was great to have Joe Gattascoli on uh, as well. Uh, just a couple minutes left, uh, maybe an extended final thoughts, anything that we didn't get to, anything you guys want to talk about before we come back to you guys on Monday night? Yes. Olivier Vernon, with your comment saying that if Giant fans don't like that you're kneeling for the National Anthem, they shouldn't go to games. Olivier Vernon, this is your jersey, and <laughs> it's going straight in the trash. All right? You're trash. Your contract is trash. And Jerry. this is what I think of you. So screw yourself. I like it, Mike. I like the fire. Uh, my final take, I want to talk about Mr. Conor McGregor. Uh, this guy just won't fight in the UFC anymore. Uh, he got his big payday. Even Dana White said the guy's a $100 million man, and he has no urge to come back and fight and get his ass kicked for $2 million fights anymore. I think he should pursue his career in boxing. He'd still be a draw. I think he's genuinely happy. He also got in some trouble, apparently, in Ireland. He's got yeah, with the mob, with the mob yeah. honestly. So maybe he'll need some more cash, and we'll finally see something from him. The guy's pure entertainment. I want to see more of him in some capacity. Hopefully fighting. Malinagi has challenged this guy to a fight over and over again. Even De La Hoya has called him out. He could be a boxing draw. I don't think he's a good boxer. I don't think he has enough experience to do it. But everybody would go out and see him. I saw odds. McGregor would be a plus 145 underdog and Malinagi minus 175. Get in the boxing ring, make some dough, and pay off your ransom over there. <laughs> yeah, you like McGregor, but uh, you don't like Ronda Rousey. I hate Ronda Rousey, man. I just want you to say it. you got to say it every show now. We're, every show we got to let you get your Ronda Rousey uh, talk. She is, she is overrated. She, uh, she started the women's era over there in UFC, yes, but she lost twice, and she does not handle her losses. She handles them like a bitch, and I can't stand it. She goes on Ellen and cries her eyes out like I'm supposed to feel bad for her because she cried. She lost everything when she lost her first fight over there because she proved she's normal, and she's not that ass-kicking machine that everybody wanted her to be. Sorry, The Ronda. only thing I took out of that was that you watch Ellen. <laughs> no, I saw. Honestly, I watched that episode, Ellen. It was hilarious. I loved watching your cry. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back with you guys Monday night. Larry Johnson, Chiefs running back, will be joining us, former Chiefs running back. So thank you for listening on Blog Talk Radio. Good night or good afternoon, whatever it is. Good day, everybody. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.